blessed. All right. If you have your Bibles, get them ready. We'll be in Luke chapter 17 this morning. If you have your apps, have your Bibles, get them ready to go. And we'll be in Luke chapter 17. And we are just saying farewell to the series, The Upside Down, along the longest series I've ever preached on the Beatitudes. And uh, I pray that it was a blessing to those of you that were able to hear most of those messages. You can always go back and listen to them online at any point and, and see what the Lord would have for you. And, and you listen again, you might hear something again from this Holy Spirit that would Hey, I never thought of that before. Um, I learned as much uh, during that study of the Beatitudes, um, probably as we all did. So, But we say farewell to the Upside Down, and uh, this is sort of one of those in-between messages, right? Next week we start Advent. This week we're looking forward to Thanksgiving, and uh, those of you that work, a, maybe a three-day work week, woo Right? Um, so we get into this new, uh, the new message this morning, Thankful and Faithful. A heart of gratitude. We're going to be in Luke chapter 17, as I said. So this will be just sort of a standalone message setting us up um, to realize things that we, or a time that maybe we can be thankful and more, more so even faithful. Luke chapter 17, we're going to go to uh, verse 11 this morning. If you have it, say amen. All right, a few of you have it. Luke 17, verse 11, we're going to talk about the miracle, and this might be the heading in your Bible, the the miracle of the ten lepers, not leopards, lepers. Here we go, Luke 17. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, on his way, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance. I mean, imagine their condition, if you know anything about leprosy. And we'll get into that just a little bit. But, of course, they stood at a distance, right? They stood at a distance. In verse 13, they called out in a loud voice because they were standing at a distance. They wanted to get Jesus Christ's attention. So they stood there at a distance and cried out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Master is important here. Remember that. And then he said to them, go, when he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Now this was how you would go if you had leprosy. This is how you were pronounced clean and were welcomed back into society. You had to go, go show yourself to the priests and they would say, okay, these People who had leprosy are good to go back into society if you are cleansed. So he said, go show yourself to the priests, and they went. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back. Everybody say, came back. Right. Praising God in a loud voice. And then he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him And he was a Samaritan. I kind of think that's how this language should be read. He threw himself at Jesus' feet, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, here's the question. Hey, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has, Has no one else returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Hmm. 
And then Jesus, he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. And I'm putting the wrong emphasis on the wrong word. (laughs) Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. So leprosy, right? The lepers come. The ten lepers. It affects the nerves. It kills the nerves. And you can't feel things. And you get infections. You get cuts. I hope you all had a great breakfast this morning. You can't feel. You can't function well. And so when you get these infections, you start like like losing parts. Like, And so what happens is things starts... Your skin actually starts to, to fall off. And it's not just the sight. It's also, he yet stinketh. Like, it's some smell, too. And yet stink, nothing, nothing. Please, folks. <laughs> but what happens is the lepers, they were also, because of their contagious state and the open sores and things like that, they were very contagious. So the lepers were not only at a distance, like, oh man, look at them. No, they were contagious, so they had to stay far. Nobody wanted to be around these lepers. Imagine in Jesus' day, there's no cure for leprosy in this time. Leprosy is essentially a death sentence. So if you have leprosy, you're out, you're done. You're just waiting to die, and you're suffering massively until then. And so that's kind of the background. You know, you're like, well, Pastor, it's a little rough this morning, isn't it? A little rough start. Well, at least you don't have leprosy, so you're a little happier now, aren't you? I mean, this is tough, tough stuff. And I'll I'll compound to this morning's message by giving you a little math lesson here, right? A little math in the morning. Here we go. I know it's tough, but we'll get through it. We're going to do it together, I promise. How many lepers, looking back at the story, how many lepers had the faith to receive a miracle from God? Here's a hint. It's the higher number. Ten. Right. Ten lepers told Jesus, we're in. We believe. Ten lepers had the faith to receive their healing. Jesus told them to go and show themselves. All ten heard from Jesus. They all obeyed him. And it says they all went and they were all healed, cleansed. The Bible says that. Ten lepers receive a miracle from God. But it's interesting because that should really be the end of the story. You know, if we're talking about the miracles of God and this 10 leper miracle, that should be the end of the story. Incredible miracle. Jesus tells 10 people that, were, that had leprosy to go. They went, and as they went, they were healed. They were cleansed. But Luke doesn't want us to focus on that miraculous healing, per se. Luke wants us to focus on something else, because the, the story, the account, doesn't stop there. He keeps on going. He says, hang on, that's not the interesting part of this miracle. The interesting part is that when the ten were healed, ten received, only one returned. Hmm. And Luke's like, we, we got to talk about this guy. Like if the ten went and the ten were going and they went and showed themselves they were healed, that could have been the end of the story. But it wasn't. One guy comes back. One came back. And by the way, what does Jesus 
praise him for when he comes back. The guy, he comes back, Jesus says, rise and go. We just said it together. Your what? Your faith has made you well. Your faith. It's interesting to me because all ten of those people had faith. They did. And understand this. It wouldn't have been easy. Like Jesus just says, go and show yourself. Like to turn and go for the lepers. You know, they're in this horrible situation. You know, many of them would have been kind of missing parts and pieces and maybe on crutches or, or worse. And maybe they're being carried. You don't know. So, so to go, they would have been hobbling along. Some may have been crawling along. So just the fact that Jesus said to go, make this journey from where they were, begging and trying to get get help where they come to Jesus he says go to the priest that's another mission and so it took faith for them to go believe me these 10 guys they had faith Jesus said go and show yourselves they said that's a mission for us you know that's not just thanks Jesus all right let's go no it was it was a mission for them it was tough but they had the faith to believe that all right Jesus says go We'll figure it out. The priests are over there, two miles. Jesus says, go, we're going to go. They had faith. The ten of them had faith and were healed. But this one guy, Jesus says, your faith, your faith, sir, is different. He makes a distinction here. And the word faith, that Jesus uses here, and it's a little bit of a Greek lesson too this morning. You're getting a lot from this sermon here this morning. Your faith is different. He makes a distinction, and he says the the Greek word that he uses for faith here is pisti. Pisti. It's spelled like it sounds. Pisti. It means this sort of deep-seated belief that causes you to act in accordance to that belief. Peasty. But what's interesting is that peasty is sometimes in the New Testament translated as faith, but other times it's translated as faithful. Faithful. It's filled with faith or faithfulness. Actually, in Galatians, you know, the chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, pay, you know the song. But one of those fruit, the fruit part of the fruit of the Spirit, faithfulness is the word peasty. So the faith, faithfulness, it's about faith, but it's also faithfulness. Same word. Here's what I want us to see this morning. All ten of them had faith. The ten lepers took Jesus at his word and they took off. But while all ten had faith, only one had the faithfulness to come back. Only one was called out by Jesus because he came back. And Jesus actually distinguishes him in verse 17. He says, we're not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Weren't they all, weren't all ten cleansed? It's a rhetorical question. Jesus knows that they were. But the word cleansed there is the Greek word, interestingly enough, katharito. That's where we get the word catheterize or catheterize, catheter, mean to clean out. I'm not going to show you a picture, right? Not this morning. We've had enough with the lepers. But the catheter, the catheterizo, means to clean out. He says, were not all of these ten men cleaned out? 
Weren't they all cleansed, healed? Rhetorical question, Jesus. He knows that they were. But then in verse 19, he says, rise and go. Your faith. Talking to the one who came back. Your faith. Your pisti. Your faith or faithfulness has made you, not katharizo, cleansed, but the word here is sozo, which is salvation in Greek. Your faith has saved you, in other words. Your katharizo, your pisti, has made your katharizo not so. It's sozo. Your faith has saved you. This is a different kind of faith that this man had. He set apart. While they had the faith to be healed, he says, it's your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. Y'all right? Has set you apart, and that's a different level of faith than these other nine. These other nine had faith, yes. But it's your faithfulness that has saved you. They got a blessing. But sir, you're, you're, you're getting the bigger blessing. And there's, a, there's sort of a level of faith here that this man has. And what I want us, want us to understand about this man's faith, see, there's a faith that believes, but the, board, the Bible also talks about a faith that abides. There's a faith that believes, and there's a faith that abides. The faith that sticks around. The faith that's not going anywhere despite my circumstances. It's a faith that receives. There's a faith that receives, that believes. But then there's a faith that returns and comes back and says, just a minute here, I, I, I've got, I'm coming back to that place again. There's a faith that receives the healing. Jesus said, go and show yourselves. Receive your healing. But then there's a faithfulness that says, you know what? I need to go back and say, oh, hold on. I'm going back to this place again. I'm coming back to this person of Jesus again. There's faith and then there's faithfulness. It's different. Different different words used in Jesus' language that would be in conjunction with the word faith. Pisti. It's a different faith. It's a, it's a beautiful faith that this man has back, that he comes back. Faith will get you started. Look at, the, look at our account. Go and show yourselves. Faith will get you started. But faithful will allow God to finish the work that he begins in you. Faith and faithful. And so what God wants to do is he wants to turn our faith into faithful He wants us not to just accept the miracle, thank you Jesus, but he wants us to abide in the miraculous presence of Jesus. Faith. I'll say it this way. Faith isn't finished until it's faithful. We all have the faith to believe, but do we have the faith to abide? He's still working. He's still, there's still room for improvement. We have faith, but it isn't finished until it's faithful. Go back to verse 13. They say, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Jesus, Master, have pity on us. 
I can't judge these guys' faith. I don't know. But all we can do is look at what the word the scripture says. Jesus, master. Anybody, dog owners? Dog owners in the room? Previous dog owners? Just dog owners? Dog owners, right? How many, we're not going to compare dogs and cats. That's not this message. That's another message. Because I know there are some cat lovers in the audience this morning. So, dog, dog owners. How many, like, your, dog, your dog's your best friend? Come on, you can admit it. No one's going to look at you weird but me. Your dog's your buddy, right? Your dog's your buddy. Your dog's happy to see you. Your dog greets you. Your dog, that's your dog. It's my dog. You walk in, it's my dog. And I don't care if it's a little fluffy dog or a big, big brute dog. I don't care what kind of dog. Your dog's your boy, right? Your dog. Or your girl. Hey, it's my dog. Dog wakes you up in the morning. Hey, oh, the dog. Big sweetie. I get it. I get it. Your dog, it's your dog. Your dog knows, right, that you feed him. You feed that dog. Your dog should know. How many feed the dog table food? Anybody going to admit that? There they come. Slowly the hands come up. Right, because that's your dog. Come here. All right. You give him the eggs maybe off the plate. Here you go. But the dog, oh, dog. You come home. Most times, right, dog's happy to see you. Dogs just, you know, get the thing going, and you dog, oh, that's my dog. The dog knows, in a sense, that you are the dog's master, right? You say sit, most of the time the dog sits. Come here, the dog, go get the ball. The dog, you're the master. You're the dog and the master. But sometimes, I've heard from dog owners, you go away for a little while, and then you come back, and the dog's like, anybody have one of those dogs that... Might be getting older in age. And they're like, who, who are you again? I thought this person over here was taking care of me now. All of a sudden, they forget who you are. They should recognize you. You're the master, right? They should, you say sit, and they just look at you. Sit. We were just sitting last week. Sit. Doesn't sit. The dog should recognize the master. My point is, these guys said, Jesus master and once when you're training a dog you say sit he sits she sits what do you give him him a treat they get what they wanted right they want that treat don't let them fool you they want that treat sit they sit treat roll over the treat and then you condition them right they're going to get what they want they're going to get a treat jesus master have pity on us, have mercy on us. He gives them what they're looking for. And they go off. Oh, Jesus, Master. Jesus says, oh, Master? Go and show yourselves. They get cleansed. They get healed. One comes back. What happened to Master? What happened to Master? This one that comes back. Jesus said this. Jesus said, and I'll get, I'll get there. Some of us, maybe that's not how we feel, right? We feel Jesus is our master. But what kind of faith says Jesus master and then goes off and, and the one comes back, but the other nine, we don't know what happened to them. What, what happened to master? Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. My sheep know my voice. Master? 
I wonder if some of us, if that's, that's not maybe how God feels sometimes. God's shouting, okay, take a deep breath. I just gave you that. Is it master? How, what is it going to take, God says, for you to recognize who I am? How much am I going to have to do before you remember and you realize, oh, I'm the master. I'm the one who's done that before. God, you're the one who feeds me. You're the one who takes care. You're the one that's blessed me. Everything I have comes from you. What's it going to take, God would say, for you not just to receive and run? Receive and run. My sheep, John chapter 10, my sheep, he says, they listen to my voice. They can hear it. They can recognize it. They can distinguish it. And he says, I know them and they follow me. It's kind of like me and my sheep have this relationship. It's not about faith. It's about faithful. It's not just about acknowledging Jesus, but it's learning to abide in John chapter 10 in Jesus. Faith isn't finished until it's faithful. He who began a good work in you, he's going to carry it through to completion because none of us have arrived yet. (laughs) He's got to continue the work in us. He wants to turn our faith into faithful. He wants to take us further. He wants to give us deeper roots. Here's one thing I've noticed. And we're talking about deep roots and we're talking about faith versus faithful, abiding in Jesus, not just receiving and running, but living in the presence of Almighty God. Prayer list, longer than ever. Agreed. Prayer list, longer than ever. The keeper of the prayer list is in this room. The prayer list is longer than ever. Prayer team, Smaller than ever. Think about that. Prayer list, longer than it's ever been. Prayer team, because we have the faith to receive from God, but we don't have the faith full to return to God. Think about this guy, the comeback guy. He comes back. Do we have the faith to come back and be that one that came back? See, a lot of people, a lot of people, there's a difference. We've got to think about what's going on here. I see a lot of people that want the fruit and not the root, right? People want the fruit and not the root. I see a lot of people, they want the fruit. Uh, please pray for me. Let's pray. Or I see things on social media, right? People that, oh, please pray. Oh, praying. We want the fruit. We want the result of the prayer. But we don't want the root to abide in Jesus with their entire life. We want to be faithful, but fruit comes from faithfulness. We don't get the fruit without the root. It doesn't work. And roots come, roots develop from coming back to Jesus, coming back over and over and over. The leper, the one leper came back. He was faithful. And Jesus praises him for it. But in verse 15, he says, hey, 
one of them, only one, when he saw he was healed, came back. And he's praising God in a loud voice. He throws himself at Jesus' feet and he thanks him and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus says, we're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Ninety percent didn't come back. There's a stat. What happened to them? Well, we don't really know. Luke doesn't tell us. Where'd they go? Where were these, these nine? Where'd they go? Did they get busy? Did they get just too busy? I mean, people get busy. I mean, you know, you get your healing, you get your, your healing, and your problems aren't over, right? If you're a leper now, like you've been begging and trying to get healed for your, maybe your whole life, maybe several years, but now your problems really have just begun because now you're healed. You've got to figure out how to get back into society. You've got to figure out how to get a job. You've got to figure out, because you were begging, you had leprosy. You don't know. You gotta, you've got to get back, adapted back into society. And how does this whole thing work? God, dude, you've got to figure out, did she stay single or is she waiting for you, bro? We don't know. Nothing. But, you know, like, you, you got a lot of problems now because you're healed. Maybe they got busy. Maybe, maybe they were afraid of that commitment. You know, I don't know, this Jesus guy. I know we just, wow, we're, whoa, we're healed. If I go back and say thanks, he's going to say that we're going to have to be one of those disciples now. And I'm going to have to go back preach or something. I don't know. I don't want to preach. I'll just take my blessing and I'll go. I can't go, but what if he requires something of me? We don't know why they didn't come back. We just know that this one dude made his way back. He had to come back. He came back and he, he found Jesus and, he, and this is what I'm talking about, Jesus says. This is what I'm talking about. This guy comes back. And all the guy did was come back. That's all he did. All he did was return. But Jesus says, you know what? That's faithfulness. That's what I'm talking about. Can you imagine Jesus, go and show yourselves. And they go. And Jesus is like, okay, cool. And he's back talking with his disciples. And the dude is, is coming back. And Jesus doesn't, maybe doesn't see him. And he goes, Jesus! And Jesus goes, that's what I'm talking about right there. He comes back. He comes back. You see, it's easy to come back when you realize that what you got wasn't yours to begin with. Just curious. Anybody got, anybody got a $20 bill? Anybody got a $20 bill that they would give me? Oh, the hands went up and then they went down. Look at y'all looking. Note to self, shoot higher next time. Look at that.
Thanks, Randy. So Luke chapter 17 is clearly different. So if you look, what? Some of you are like, hold on, pastor, don't just take the man's money. What do you, well, I, hey, why don't I live up to this stereotype? But isn't that what some folks say anyway? All they want is your money. Well, I just got 20 bucks, so perpetuating the stereotype. But some of you are like seriously concerned. But I can see it on your face. Like, we can't move forward, Pastor, until you deal with this. You can't just take the man's money and not give it back. That's, I guess you can't. Now, what you, here's, here's what you don't know. Is that I had this plan to do before church. And let's, let's say that I gave Randy this $20. And I said, okay, Randy, I'm going to ask you to give me 20 bucks. But it's really my 20 bucks. And I gave him that, and I said, I'm going to ask for 20 bucks. And Randy's like, here's the 20 bucks. So here you go. That's what you, maybe, maybe you don't see the stuff that happens beforehand. Now, but you got to understand, my, Rand, my brother, he's a good man. He would give me 20 bucks. And he would give you 20 bucks if you needed it, most of you. <laughs> but see, if I gave him that 20, and I said, Randy, hold on to this till I ask for it. And then I asked for it. He didn't give me 20 bucks. He gave me back 20 bucks, right? He gave me back the $20. That's a little different, isn't it? If I'm just kind of taking people's money, I mean, you're like, no, that's not okay, pastor. But it's a whole lot easier to give something back when it was never yours to begin with, right? It's a whole lot easier to return something when you know whose it is and where it came from. I just want you to see this in the leper. It's easy for him, this one. It's easy for him to come back and worship because he knows where he was before Jesus. And it's easy to offer himself to the Lord because there was, he, was, he was nothing before he came to Jesus. And, but he had this, this amount of faith in him that said, you know what, I know where my help comes from. It was there always in the first place. So it's not like I'm coming and get, I'm, I'm, I'm just coming back. I'm just coming back. It's a whole lot easier to come back because he knows that's where my help comes from. It's easy for him to offer himself to the Lord at this moment. And and all God is asking from every one of us is simply to return. He just wants you, he wants a return from you. All he's asking is for us to come back, to return I'm talking about everything that God has ever blessed you with in your life. Every command that God has ever given you. What's the greatest commandment? Jesus said, what's the greatest commandment? Love God, right? That's pretty much it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So so we love God. That's the greatest command. But why do we love God? Because he first loved us. It's just a return. We come back, we love God, but he first loved us. We would not know love if it wasn't for God. Because God is love. So we're not, we're coming back. And it's easy to come back. Because we know that's where we belong in the first place. You following me? He just came back. God's saying, all I'm asking for is, I loved you first, just love me back. Just return. Just come back. Be the leper. Be the one. He says, you know what? I I want you to offer your body, his word says, as a living sacrifice. 
but that's a bold call, right? Like, that's hard. You're saying that you don't just want my praise, you want my whole self. He's like, yeah. But, but check this out. It's not, it's not just that much. When you, when you say to yourself, well, what did God, what, how did, well, God gave the cross. God gave Jesus on a cross for you. So, so you gave your life for me, and all you're asking of me is in return is my life for you? It's a giving back. It's a returning. He says, I want you to praise me, and I want you to worship me. What is worship? Worship, the Bible says, is simply returning some of the breath that God put in my lungs in the first place. That song we sang this morning had talked about taking that breath and using it wrongly. And Lord, I'm sorry, because the breath you gave me should be the very breath I use to give you praise. He says, now return that breath to me. I give it to you, you return it. Simply returning. Just give a little back. He says, I want you to serve. I want you to serve me. And we think, oh man, that's hard. You know, I don't really have time, Lord. Have you seen my calendar? And then he stoops down and he washes the disciples' feet. And he throws them the towel. And he says, now, you do it. Remember that example. He washes the feet and he has the towel. And he looks and he, I can picture it. He tosses the towel to them. He's like, now you do it. Now you do it. I served, now it's your turn. Take a little bit of the time. Take some of the talents and give them back. Use them for me. Let's talk about this right here. We think, oh, the Lord just wants something from me. No, he's giving everything to you, and he's given everything for you. He's giving you everything. And what did he do? He gave his one and only son for you. He's the giver, the Bible says, of all good things. Every good and perfect gift comes from him. And so we don't give to God, we return to God. You following me? That's why I said about the tithe this morning. I learned this in this study. Those of you who tithe, I practice tithing. We tithe. Some of us, we more than tithe. But we don't give the tithe, we return the tithe because we know that everything we have comes from him. And he says, okay, just give me the ten, the first 10% back. Return that to me. You manage the 90 and give me the 10 back. And just as you come back, remember, it's a return on what I've given you, but it's all his. Bible says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So faithfulness, if we go from faith to faithfulness, it's about returning. It's about bringing God back what's rightfully his. Get back to our leper. That's what Jesus praises him for, and that's what God is calling us to do. To be the one. To be the one. To be that guy. The one who comes back and gives God the glory. To be the one that returns. Not just the one that receives, but the one that returns to God. To be the one that doesn't just have faith, but is faithful. Understand something about God. God will not take something from you that wasn't his to begin with. He won't do it, because that's called stealing. God doesn't do that. God doesn't steal from us. 
He won't take something from you that wasn't already His. He's not asking for something from you because He's given all things for you. What He's asking for is a return. Just come back. Just bring a little back. He says, I've given you all things for your enjoyment. I love this verse. I used to not understand God like this. I thought he was more like in control and demanding, but I realized that, no, he's given me everything, he says, for my enjoyment. He says, you know what? He says here, he says, you know what? Here's my planet. Here's my planet. Go enjoy it. He says that. Here's my planet. Go enjoy it. Here's my mountains. Nick, go run on them. Here's my pathways. Jim, go bike them. Here's my rivers and streams. Gary, go fish them. He says that. Breathe my air. Enjoy my planet. It's all mine, but it's all for you. I've given it to you. And by the way, I'm not just giving you life, but I'm also giving you blessing. And then, so here's a family that you never saw coming. Here's a spouse. Here's a friend. Here's a church. Here's forgiveness. Here's some healing. And I'm just going to throw it in because God says, I love you. And God keeps on giving and giving and giving. And what he says is, all I want is you to return. All I want is return. Just come back. And it's this, this endless, one, one, one musician calls it, this endless dance of grace. He says, I give, I give, I provide, I bless, you return. I give, you return. You return some thanks. You return praise. You return. I give, it's this dance of grace. And that's what God is showing us with this one leper who came back. This one leper who returned. And as we approach Thanksgiving, it's here. How'd that happen? But it's here. A few short days. We'll be sitting around the table We'll be eating, we'll be celebrating, we'll be maybe joining hands. But the very name of the holiday is Thanksgiving. Take a look and divide it right in half. Thanks giving. Thanks. This is a bonus. This wasn't even, this is worth way more than 20 bucks, Randy. (laughs) This is a $50 sermon right here. Thanks, giving. God gave, he's a giver. God gave us his son. God gave us everything you see. God gives us our very next breath the very least 
the very least we could do is say thank you. When that leper came back, Jesus knew he's here to say thank you. The very least we could do is give some thanks to the Lord because he gives us our very next breath. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. And I would ask that you would stand this morning. Very subtle. We're going to close with a song this morning. Just one.